It's the Mego Museum Podcast. Scott and Brian each sold separately. Hi, and welcome to the Mego Museum Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Scott, and thanks for tuning in once again. We've got a pretty cool little show for you today. Brian and I spent some time with Chris Johnson, also known as Chris DVM, Doctor of Veterinary Medicine, for those of you not in the know, um, who is heading up this year's Migo Meet all by himself. So we got the the word in on on all the good stuff that Chris has planned for Migo Meet. We've got some exclusive news for you about the Migo our Migo Meet exclusive figure. Um, and all the happenings at the Super 8 in Wheeling, West Virginia. It was a pretty pretty good little interview, didn't you think, Brian? I think so. And, you know, normally the for the past five years, Migo Meet has been headed up by uh, our own Dave McCormick, and uh, he's done a fantastic job. This year he just couldn't swing it, and Chris is stepping in, but he is absolutely not a newbie. Um, besides helping Chris or Dave out every year, Chris also uh, orchestrated his own Migo convention uh, way back in 2004. Yeah, that's right. Now, it's uh, Migo Meet is definitely in good hands. Um, but I do hope that I'm not going to get to go to Migo Meet this year. Couldn't 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 swing it myself, but I hope that next time I go, I will see both Chris and Dave McCormick cuz Dave is um, just such a, an institution at Migo Meet and a great guy to hang out with. So, last I spoke to Dave, he will be in attendance. Awesome. So, it's still it'll still be good to see him. Oh, great. Then he'll just yeah. be he'll just be more relaxed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he'll help. He'll help. That's right. Well, I know. I know. We're probably sounds like you're gonna take all these guys and put them to work. That's right, because we've had some uh, pretty aggressive, exciting news about the status of our action figure. Uh, it looks like the first time uh, anyone will be seeing it will be at Mego Meet because it'll be delivered unassembled on Friday. That's right. So, uh, like. Doc Migo will be actually bringing them to the meet. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, the Doc, or he's going to be, it sounds like it's, he's going to uh, conscript somebody to deliver them, because I think Doc's flying in. Awesome. So, yeah, but it looks like that'll be the first time, and I've got to get my ducks in a row, and, you know, I, I guess it won't be relaxing too much. No, that's, good. that's you know, I tell you, it's like, I, I feel bad about missing Migo Meet, but, but now to to miss the, the you know, the great Migo assembly line putting <laughs> together these, these long-awaited figures, I'm, I'm sorry I'm going to miss that. That's going to be cool. I'll be sure to take some photos. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, we posted um, that we got the test shots in of the heads from the factory overseas of both brick and uh, his alter ego, the Super Collector. And I think the head looks fantastic. I'm yeah. really thrilled with it. I I got that on a long drive on uh, last Friday, and I, I couldn't have been more elated. You know, you, there's always, even though it was in good hands, there's always that worry something's going to go wrong. And to finally see it, it was just, it was like a thousand pound weight off my chest. It just looks fantastic. Well, that's really, that's really great. Yeah. Well, thanks for from myself and for everybody for for spearheading this project. It's been like a year of sort of like you know chewing your fingernails, waiting for you know stuff to to work itself out. But they're on they're on their way. Yeah, and I, I've actually played with the costumes, and they're just so fun. Good. You know, Brick's shirt is like wide open. Um, you know, kind of like in a Lee Majors way. And it's just it's just so fun. 
Right. It's, it's, I'm I'm so looking forward to seeing these right to fruition. So. Yeah, and I I can't wait to see what I expect to be a uh, just a plethora of custom uh, brick mantooth costumes coming our way. Exactly. We, we, we should and, have, we gotta have a contest or something. I've already named the contest. Oh, good. It's called Show Us Your Brick. <laughs> but I haven't figured it out yet. But I want everyone, like, I expect people to tweak these, make them into other things. and I just can't wait to see what people come up with. I know um, that Steve Moore has already, he's been planning a year already. So a lot of people are going to have to work hard to beat Steve. Um, some of Steve's creations, because they're amazing. But this this is just going to be a lot of fun. Right on. And I'm looking to play around and make some limited edition bricks with it and things like that. But um, most of all, I'm just looking to see, to see what other folks bring bring to the table because it's, it's an exciting time. Right. Well, I'll try to come up with something creative, but I know the first thing I'm going to do is stick him in a Dharma Initiative jumpsuit. Yeah. You know, but that's I'm right. going to put him in a Shazam suit. All right. Yeah, because he kind of resembles Jeff Jackson's Bostwick a little bit. Well, now, how does he look when he's wearing a, a removable Batman cowl? Have you tried that no, yet? I haven't tried it because the only ones I have are the resin heads. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they're a little one. large, and, you know, I don't okay. have a repro Batman cowl kicking around, so. Darn it. Yeah. I think Brick is going to make a, a, a good Batman. He's a happy Batman. A happy Batman. <laughs> he's, a, he's a friendly guy. Well, All right, so that, that yeah, so that's good news. So um, yeah, if you want to be one of the first people on the planet to own one of those action figures, get your butt to Mego Meet. Yeah, but there will be, you know, I get this all the time. I can't imagine selling out. Yeah. Um, anytime soon. So no worries. I'm not taking pre-orders right now because I don't want to take your money. I want to have a product ready that when I do take your money, it gets shipped the next day. So that's why I'm not taking pre-orders. But don't worry, you will find out about it. Just stay tuned to the museum. It'd be hard to not notice it. Right. Yeah, going to yeah. be very vocal. Absolutely. So, yeah, people have been really, really supportive of, of this concept. It seems like, you know, everybody's got their favorite Remigo, but just about everybody we know is going to grab one of these. So uh, I'm really happy about that and, and a little bit stymied, and it's, it's, it's excellent. I'm really really glad the way it's going right on all right well is there anything else before we turn this over to the good doctor of Migo meat <laughs> the other doctor the other Migo doctor <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that yeah, um, I don't know not for me this is this is a pretty good interview and it's a lot of fun and, and if you haven't been to Migo meat then you'll uh, you'll learn a lot right and if you have you'll probably laugh a lot excellent all right, and then uh, and then in the meantime, tune tune in. We've got other cool stuff coming for the Mega Museum podcast, and uh, take it away, guys. And we're sitting down today with uh, Chris Johnson, uh, better known as Chris DVM on the Mega Museum boards, and we're going to talk about a little event called Mego Meet. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Good afternoon, gentlemen, and for everybody out there, hello. Hello. So, for those not in the know. Uh, what would you call Migo Meat, Chris? Um, well, the I guess the technical definition is a yearly convention of Migo and Migo-related items um, where groups of Migo fanatics can get together and uh, spend two or three days discussing Migo, kicking back and meeting with people that they usually just talk to online through the Migo Museum. 
Um, the actual definition is a bunch of middle-aged white balding men getting together and talking toys away from their away from the wives and drinking a lot of beer. But um, we try not to let that out as much as possible. You don't you don't so, actually um, put that no, on the poster. No, it's 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 actually in the subtext. If okay. you go to the HTML of the of the website, you will see it buried deep deep in the code. <laughs> that's um, some that's some nice uh, marketing right there. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we put it on a T-shirt um, one year. It didn't sell well. Yeah, yeah. T-shirts never seem to sell well for some reason. I'm not sure why. It's reality that we're trying to escape. So it's uh, no. It, basically, what everything sort of started with was um, many many moons ago. Um, there was actually a, a MigoCon, I think it was you know, back in the mid-90s, um, that mm-hmm. was a uh, attached to a, a toy show, and Marty Abrams was there, and it wasn't a huge thing. And when I first uh, joined the museum, I had heard about this, and I thought, it's sort of a cool idea to do that. So got together with some other people, and we actually put together, a, a, we called it MigoCon. It was 2004 in New York City, and probably uh, probably about, uh, 120 to 140 people showed up. Um, it was a really, really good time. We had a good time with it. And yeah, I was after there. that, I... Sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> Actually, Brian is one of only eight people, the the uh, Super 8, that have been to all of the events, including MigoCon. Yeah, um, I'm one of the other people, and then there's six other people that share that dubious honor. But I was um, going to say, Chris, MigoCon had a a real event because it was the reuniting of uh, Marty Abrams and, uh, and and Neil Cublin after yes, many years, yes. and uh, they they shared some amazing war <clears throat> stories that uh, that will never again be repeated. You know, no, we no, can't... there was there, we got we got one segment of them, which was was actually a panel with. Uh, with Marty and Neil and Dr. Migo and you on it. Oh, yeah. And it was supposed to be a, a discussion of, of all things Migo. And what it ended up being was Marty and Neil just talking about Migo and everything like that with all of us just sat there with our with our mouths open yeah. listening to these wonderful stories. Um, and I felt so bad for you and Dr. Migo because you were sitting up there with your mouths open listening to the stories. Yeah. And I'm like, we got, we got two other people up there. You can ask them questions. Oh, we don't care about that. What, tell us about this. Tell us about this. Well, um, you know what? I always felt rightfully so. I mean, I had my chair turned in towards Marty and Neil at that time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then for for most of us, that one was actually caught on, on videotape. We videotaped that one. Mm-hmm. But the last night, Neil came um, to the last night banquet, and there was no video cameras in there. And it ended up being a session where people asked Neil a bunch of questions, which was one of the most amazing things about um, that thing was being able to sit and talk to vice president of research and development and hear these stories about everything, which was fantastic. Yeah, I, I remember that. Um, I wished it was taped. Uh, the one thing I really remember is somebody said, how come you didn't do Gilligan's Island? And he just turned around and said, we all hated that show. <laughs> Neil was, was one of those people and was one of those characters that I will never forget. No. Uh, he was an amazing, amazing man and just still full of life and energy. And you could just see why he... Uh, he was one of the main forces behind the success of Migo because here was this guy that knew the business aspect and knew everything forward and backwards and how to market and all the rest of that, but still had the uh, the ability to look at something like a child and see what a child would want, what a child would really get into, and, and be able to bring that to you know to reality. 
which is just something that it, it's hard to, to find a combination of where you can be an adult and a child at the same time. And he still had that. When we met him, he still had that. So. He was absolutely a one-of-a-kind character. You're right. He was. But uh, after MigoCon, I burned myself out. I, work, I worked on that with the other people that were involved for probably a good two years, and I was just like, well... Um, and uh, Dave McCormick contacted me and said, I want to do this again. And I'm like, hey, good, that being you want to do this again because <laughs> I'm burned. Um, and uh, they found this place, the Kruger Toy and Train Museum, um, which has a Marks show because uh, Wheeling, West Virginia, where it's located, um, is one of the places where Marks did most of their uh, their toy production, shipped out of Wheeling, West Virginia. So um, they had a Marks show there. Uh, once a year, and we managed to talk to them, and uh, he set put together much toned down. I mean, the, the MigoCon we had we'd gone all out, and this yeah. was more not a, a huge Migo production as much as it was. Everybody had such a great time meeting everybody. It was a way just to be able to find some place where we could meet again, at least mm-hmm. once a year meet, and uh, you know, talk to the the, the the same kind of people that been collecting and knew all sorts about Mego and just had him, hey, would you come and talk about this? Would you talk about this? Would you bring some toys? Would you set up a display? All the rest of that stuff. You know, we got dealer tables and it really, really worked. Everybody had a really great time and it's just become a yearly event where we just sort of rotate through talking about different things and different displays, whether it's, you know, true Mego, Mego knockoffs, the three and three quarters, the the 12-inch figures, the standard 8-inch figures, play sets, all the rest of that. Um, for me, realistically, it's something I just look forward to every year to meet the people that, um, you know, we have a basic underlying same theme that we are all there for, but it's just nice to be able to get away and talk to some guys that, you know, I don't know about you, and you're probably the same as me, that you start talking about your hobby and you either get people that look at you and slowly back away, making sure they know where the exits are, or they sit there and they nod and they smile, and then when you turn away, you can feel them roll their eyes and go, my goodness, he's 40 years old and he's still playing with toys. I, so, I get the rhetorical, hey, how's uh, you get anything cool on eBay from a friend of mine? And it's, <laughs> it's so... Um, uh, it's so patronizing, but it's nice that it dries. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I appreciate you taking an interest in my hobby. Now go away and stop talking to me. Yeah. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. And, and that really is the appeal of Mego Meat for me, is that everybody in the room gets it. You know, yeah. they're all into Mego stuff, be it whatever shape and size. And they all kind of understand what you're doing or where you're coming from. Yeah. So. And, you know, and it's, it's built up, it's, you know, there's, the first year obviously was just, you know, fly see the pants and uh, everything's sort of built and we sort of have some traditions that have developed now that, you know, completely just formed out of the blue because we started doing it. And so, you know, every year we have a lot of the same people show up. Some people show up every now and then, some people show up once or twice. Some of us have shown up every year, uh-huh. but there's always new people that are coming in too, which is good because it, it keeps the, uh, the new blood circulating gets people going. Because after a while, I mean, it would just get stale, even the same people meeting all the time. But mm-hmm. having new people come in and sitting around and talking and, and just being able to, to kick back and, and relate to other people who have the same kind of hobby that you do. And, you know, when you say, hey, how about this type 1 or type 2, you know, they know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. you start talking about, you know, 
mold productions or different skin tones or zombie head or anything like this, and you start throwing out these catchphrases that usually you're only typing into the computer when you get to the, you know, the Migo forums, and you're actually verbalizing them to somebody who not only knows what you're talking about, but can talk back intelligently to you about that. And you're like, I've been waiting all year to be able to have a physical conversation with somebody who doesn't look at me and go, what in God's name are you babbling on about? <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's, just, it's just a nice stress relief to be able to talk to somebody who can talk back to you. So. And the venue is, is perfect. For those not in the know, the, the Kruger Street Toy Museum is a toy museum. Yes. You know, it's it's what is it three floors or two floors of, of just rooms packed with different It's an kinds amazing of toys. place. It's an old uh it's an old schoolhouse. Yeah. And yeah, it's elementary big, school. Yeah, big grand staircases and these rooms that are packed with, you know, outstanding model train exhibits and you know, various toy exhibits and, and all of this and um and then down in the basement you have like literally the world's greatest Mego toy show. Like you will never go to a toy show and see that many Migos in one room ever in your life. It's super concentrated. You know, it's it's very down in the, down in the basement. <laughs> it's very exciting, yeah. And not well, only you know, no, you know, it is good. the thing that that always impresses me, Chris, is like not only are you you're reconnecting with people from the museum and or meeting people for the first time or meeting people that you've talked to for years and years and years and you're finally putting a face to or whatever. But and then you have people like locals or, or somebody who hasn't really ever been on the forum but found out about it and, you know, guys wander in with their kids and they just start, you know, buying Migos. And it's like, what is this? And this is really great. And, not, you know, like I've seen people um, sort of materialize on the forums, who their first entry into the whole thing was the Mego Museum or the Mego Meet. Excuse sure, yeah. we've had people that have shown up before that it's it's you know I guess after a while we we just know what to expect. So we come in there and we're all kicked back and chilling, and you got other people coming in for the first time, and it's sort of fun to watch them enter into it for the first time, and then you realize you know just how special it is. You sort of take it for granted after a while. And then to realize what's going on, because you can sort of see through their first-time experience of what's going on, and you're like, you know, this this really is very cool. And and I guess one of the best things about it for me is one of the, the biggest complaints a lot of people have is that, you know, it's in Wheeling, West Virginia. It's in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing to do. Well, I sort of came to Wheeling specifically to talk to the guys there. If there was a whole bunch of stuff to do, everybody'd go off in different directions. It's the whole idea is that you're there for the show, and when it's done, you leave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's just the way that it works. So. For years, people have said, let's do it in Vegas. <laughs> and, and it just seems like the worst venue ever. To do. Why do we need distraction? Uh, yeah. We yeah. have plenty of distraction, and... Uh, I don't think we need any more any any more things vying for our money at a at a Mego themed toy show, you know. Yeah, I know Roberto would be very very upset if we couldn't spend all the money with him that we yeah. normally do. So I think he's extremely happy about where it's located. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and this year, um, I think I heard you mention that you're actually you've got a second dealer room available. Yeah, for those that have been there before, you know that uh, we've got the main the main room where we have all of the, the tables, and then sort of you you went around the corner in the back, and there was the lecture room where we did a bunch of lectures. Everybody would talk in there. Well, as you were walking towards that room, 
the room would be on your left, and if you look to the right, you'd see a staircase, and then there was a gated-off room that was full of a bunch of junk. Evidently, that entire room has been cleaned out and is going to be open. So one of the things that has been a concern over the last couple of years is that we've got so many people that wanted tables and so crowded in there. So now we're actually going to have a second room we're going to be able to spread the tables out into. So people will have a little room, we'll have a little bit more display area, um, which would be pretty cool. Um, I guess the biggest problem is just going to be figuring out who's going to go where because, you know, traditions have happened. Everybody sort of has their own space where they're normally at, and I don't want to upset anybody and move people around, so I figure I'm going to wait until the last minute and figure out who goes where. Um, but it's just going to, you know, realistically, it doesn't really matter where you are because people are going to be circulating in and out so much. Um, the other thing that we're going to try to do a little bit differently this year um, we always have talks about Mego and stuff like that. And if you go back over the last four or five years, we've pretty much covered all of the standard stuff. We've talked about Migos. We've talked about uh, the uh, the foreign Migos. We've talked about um, Mego knockoffs. We've gone over 8-inch, 12-inch lines, all the rest of that. What we're going to try to do this year is we're going to, to really um, spend a lot more time talking about the customizing aspect. Um, instead of really having lectures in the morning, what I'm going to try to do is have the lecture room and have about seven or eight different people in there just doing different aspects of customizing. One person working on, you know, clothes. One person working on sculpting. One person, you know, two people doing painting. And not really having a structured lecture aspect, but just let people wander in and out and sit around and talk to everybody and, you know, show people how to do certain things as far as tech you know, painting techniques or sculpting techniques, talking about clothes, about cleaning the clothes, about restringing bodies, about how to, you know, create bodies, how to do things like that, and try to pull in some of the amazing customizers that show up every single year and do such incredible work. Um, and let's talk about some of their, the, you know, the, the tricks of the trade that they've developed over the last couple of years. Um, and then in the afternoon, hopefully, we'll have the same cast of characters talking about what's coming out new in Mego. Um, hopefully, as I understand it, we might have a uh, Super Mego collector figure that might make its way into the uh, the Mego meet this year for potential release. I'm fingers crossed. That, uh, keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, so I it think depends it, on China. <laughs> it depends on how many volunteers I have on Friday night uh, to uh, reenact now, the Hong Kong experience. So this is the- well. You you can you you can have the volunteers after I deal with them with my Mego Meet exclusive. Then you can have everybody, and that'll be fine. You know what? We should talk about your Mego Meet exclusive. You've been doing. Uh, have you have you always done the Mego Meet exclusive? Like I know at Mego Con you did one. And- yeah, Mego Con we did uh, the Invisible Man to yep. go along with the uh, the Mad Monster series, and that was a great figure. And then the first year that I was there, I was in burnout, and there was a Mego, there was a Mego Meet exclusive actually, um, Alan. The curator of the museum put together a um, Uncle Jesse. That's right. From yeah. um, he, he used uh, the I believe it was the Noah head from the, the, uh, Bible the Rain Tree Bible Bible figures. Yeah, and he just uh, got a, a sculpt of that and put that together. And then the next year, about halfway through the year, is when Jet Jungle uh, was found. Mm-hmm. The box Jet Jungle, and that was the big splash that we had this year about a new Mego, quote unquote, that was found. And uh, actually thanking you because you managed to get me set up with a whole bunch of the Axe and Jackson spy signal spy outfits. Oh, that's right. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, you got me a whole case of those. And I was able to put together using original Type 1 bodies and the original Mego things. I put together the first, my first Mego meat custom, which was Jet Jungle. 
um, which was an original body, original outfit, um, repro head, made a little sticker for it, and we had a repro box, which was fantastic. That was beautiful. And then I sort of so, sort of ran with it afterwards. I believe the next year was Ghost Rider, yep. and let's see, then it was hmm, Mighty was it, My Tour. Was it Mighty My Tour then, or okay? Mighty My Tour was then. Then it was Chrome Dome. Was hmm. two thousand nine. 2010 was Indiana Jones. Right. And I'm going to make the announcement now. 2011 will be Harry Mudd from the classic Star Trek in the iMud outfit um, with boots and the, uh, the the top of the pants, a couple of fancy gold chains around the neck, and a head that is sculpted, believe it or not, off of the three and three quarter inch Playmates line, which is the only time that the uh, Roger uh, Carmel Estate has licensed his caricature for any toy over the last 30 years. Really? Evidently they want, yeah, evidently they want tons of money, and nobody has ever had the money to try to get that licensing, but Playmates wanted it badly because they were doing the every character in the entire line. So they paid through the nose for that. Um, and uh, Austin uh, uh, is a wonderful... Uh, uh, head maker, and he managed to blow it up, and I've got an amazing likeness, and I have to start painting those relatively soon. So. I, did, I, did, I didn't know Caramel, Caramel left any uh, any heirs. Um, Evidently, he did. I think he passed away in uh, I think ninety, no, no, eighty six. Eighty six, eighty seven. He died in his uh, yeah. hotel or his his apartment building lobby. Yeah, had a uh, had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, evidently, they they thought it might be drug related, but it said it was a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which is an enlargement of the heart um, that uh, we see a lot in people. And um, and I did not also know, not that it makes that much of a difference, but evidently both he and George Takai um, kept their homosexuality hidden, mm-hmm. which was surprising me. I didn't understand that either. I'd never heard of that. that but. Uh, so anyway, that figure, I've been wanting to make that figure for, I don't know, 10 years, and I tried my head at sculpting, and I stink at sculpting. And I could never get the head to look right. The closest I came made it look like uh, uh, the ringmaster from the circus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've got that figure, too. It, I, I can't ever look at it because it just reminds me of the failure I am at sculpting heads. But this uh, this likeness is amazing, and uh, we shall be getting that sucker together. There's going to be 40 of them available. And uh, then next year, I know what next year is going to be. It is going to be my swan song. It's the last figure I'm going to make because I'm, I'm tired of making figures, but I'm going out with a bang. And that's all I'm going to say about that figure at this point. So. That's fantastic. I, I think I'm going to put a prediction in it. It's uh, Arnold from Happy Days. I think, oh, the, the, oh Mr. Arnold, the, the yes. Japanese version of Arnold from Happy yes. Days. You know, I gave serious consideration to doing that, but uh, no. Good oh. guess, good guess. Oh. Um Close, actually, it's not close at all. No, but that's okay. So <laughs> I'm not sad. Um, <laughs> and and just just going on on that, there's other people who bring limited edition figures to Migo Meet every year, which oh, kind of adds to the vibe. I know over the years I've seen Evil Knievel, Inspector mm-hmm. Clouseau. Um, uh, I, I got an Animal Man. Last year, that was just fabulous. Was an, who, who did that figure? Um, Scott. Scott, yes, yes, he he is not me. He is amazing. Um, Different Scott. But, 
Um, the, the two two of the, the 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 main customizers that show up almost every year who have just always had some of the most amazing figures. Scott is one, and then Type Three Toys, who yeah. produces some of the most amazing figures out there. Um, I don't want to open up a can of worms, but very very um, just just flat like in their quality and their and their detail, which is just amazing. He, he, um, he seems I to always... fixate on beautiful werewolves, which I'm he always does, and he does a very he does a very good job with those beautiful werewolves as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, yeah, the, the two of those two always have stuff. And uh, Jim Hampton is the one that, for many many years, has done limited runs of figures. He did Evil Knievel, um, Sheriff of Nottingham. Last year's was Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, which, which was, was brilliant, an amazing thing. Absolutely, he had the head on both sides, and you could twist the head to either have the good or the bad. And the cape in the back was up high enough that when you twisted the head, you couldn't see the back of the other head back there because it was hidden by the by the cape and the cloak. Oh, that, that was um, so! I so had never heard of that. That's brilliant. That was so good. I oh, wanted to send it back to the seventies. His Sheriff of Nottingham it, is one of my favorites. I keep it in my collection. It's yes. very amigo like. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant figures. Um, um, and uh, there's a couple of people that do some figures as well, which are just absolutely amazing. The, uh, the guy that did Inspector Clouseau, I don't believe that was Scott, and I can't remember who did that one. That's but, Brian, um, not me. Brian, okay. <laughs> Brian with a Y. We got we to gotta, we, we, we change names around here. It's getting very confusing. So. One of the cool um, things uh, yeah, people, about... People do that, so. One of the cool things about Mego Meat is uh, to, uh, Art Balthazar has been showing up the last few years. Our yes. resident celebrity. That's right, from from uh, Tiny Titans. And he shows and up with a, a, a great display of, of customs that he's making, and, and he's super, super fun to hang out with. He's such a sweetheart. Funny story. Um, uh, two years ago, I was at Motor City Comic Con. I saw him, and I asked him to draw a picture of Brick Mantooth, the spokesmodel for Plaid Stallions. And he, he was so amused that when I saw him a month later at Mego Meet, he hands me this doll in a towel. <laughs> and he goes, check it out. And he made this beautiful brick man-tooth doll, which is you know funny now considering that we were at the time in talks to do it. Yeah. But sure. he, he beat me to the punch. And he has a tremendous energy. I love it. Oh, he's a great guy to deal with. And one of the things that I really like about it is that uh, – you bring him a picture of your kids or anything like that, and he sketches a really quick sketch, you know, and signs it and gives it to you. I have a, I had a, a picture of all three of my kids, uh, their Easter picture, and I gave it to him, and he did his little tiny tunes drawing of it, and I have that framed on the wall on my staircase. It's very prominently displayed. People come in, and I'm like, hey, look over here. And I can never get anybody to be as excited about it as me, but you know no. what? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Over my desk right now is a picture of my kids as uh, as Robin and Wonder Girl. So mm-hmm. got the same deal going on. I need to get it updated oh, yeah. though. Well, you know where you're going to be in about a month and a half, so it's yeah. pretty easy to do that. So exactly. And and is the custom competition is that going to go on this year? Absolutely. Yeah, I've already talked to David Lee with uh, Castaway Toys. Um, and we uh, do a, what's called a custom kit bash contest. It started a couple years ago. David Lee said he wanted to just sort of have some fun. And uh, and um, so the, the rules were you come in, you can bring your paints, and you have to get everything for a figure at Mego Meet. You can't bring anything in except for your paints and, you know, some sculpting and stuff like that if you want to do a little bit of sculpting and stuff. Um but from the time that Mego Meat starts until about 3 o'clock on Saturday, you have to find 
bits and pieces, put them together, make a custom figure, and then throw it out there, and uh, all the figures are judged, and the winner wins this wonderful god-off little tiki trophy, um, and, they, and then David Lee gives them a, uh, one of the uh, castaway figures as a prize, too. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah, it got a lot of great reception last year, and it was really fun watching what people created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting when you you get your creativity. You've got thirty six hours to create. Go, yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of cool. So. Well, you went to town last year. I remember you you, you bring these. Um, I, I don't know if I'm exposing a trade secret, but they look like um, goggles to paint with. Oh yeah, they're, yeah, they're just they're, well. When you're doing uh, you know you're doing painting on the heads, especially with the eyes. I have this this uh, pair of binocular head a headset. It's uh, something that we use in veterinary medicine a lot, and I bought one just specifically for the toys. Um, you know, when, I, when you're doing 41 Indiana Jones, and you've got to paint every single eye and paint the lips and make sure the hair looks okay, you really need some binoculars. Because as I have found, unfortunately, now that I'm going to be 42 this year, sometimes my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. It's really, really sad. Um, so I just brought my kit for my painting thing and, and, went, and had fun with that, which was pretty good. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, it, it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah. So, and, and I guess to, to, to quantify that kit bash, Migo meat, uh, is also just an amazing source of parts. Like mm-hmm. people just bring their, their Tupperwares of, of arms and legs and guns and different things. So if you were to put together a custom figure, you're certainly not, uh, stymied by selection at all. I mean, no, and, and the other good thing with with Doctor Migo, who brings all of his parts and stuff like that, and David Lee, who they have just bins of parts. Um, Type Three Toys brings a bunch of hands and and body parts as well. And then, like you said, there's just people that have the dealer tables that just have bins, and you're not limited to just using Migo toys. I think that the figure I had last year, um, which was just a monstrosity I put together, has parts from. Um, Batman toys from the 90s, um, hands from David Lee, uh, bits and pieces. I was just pulling things out of bins and just saying, okay, I'll make this work and stick this on like that. I think on the entire figure, there might actually be maybe about 10% actual Mego parts. and Everything <laughs> else is just thrown together. So, But that's the fun, is that you just go around and start trying to get an idea, and you say, okay, I went to them like this, and you can find it. It's just a matter of digging through enough bins and looking for it and see what you got. So um, it's a, a really cool way. And then, of course, the other thing that we've been doing for a long time is the custom auction, right. where we um, ask the Mego community to create custom figures that they donate for an auction, going to the highest bidder, either people that are there or we have proxy bids. Um, all the proceeds go to help pay for the bandwidth for the Mego Museum. Mm-hmm. That's um, great. Which is good. Well, you know, I think we still have a, a fundraiser at least once a year, but we don't have to raise anywhere near as much money because the custom auction always raises, I don't know, I would say at least four or $500 a year with the figures that we have. Oh, yeah, um, and, and some, some tremendous stuff gets put out there, too. I can't no, get absolutely. over the, the talent pool we've got. And, uh, yeah, I, I, got, I, I was bidding on something last year, and I unfortunately lost, but I was kind of sad because some – some just some great stuff and you stare at it all day oh, yeah. and, you know but it's uh, i look forward to that every year um and i guess we can't talk about migo meat without discussing the migo suite 
<laughs> well, we have uh, we have we have Paul uh, Paul Claire um, Hulk to thank for that. Yeah, because the first couple of years um, he uh, uh, the hotel that we stay at is the Super Eight Hotel, which is the closest hotel to the Kruger um, Twain Train Museum. And it's just you know it's just a, a standard Super Eight, nothing spectacular about it, but it's a good place to crash, and it's right around the corner. It's clean. And the first couple of years, oh yeah, very nice people and, yeah. and very well run. Um, but the first couple of years, Paul got uh, a suite, which is sort of a, a misnomer in the fact that it's just basically was a, like two rooms put together is basically what it was. And after a couple of, one of the nights, instead of going out to a bar, um, he said, why don't you guys come on up here and we'll have some beer and we'll stay there. And so we develop, it developed into the Migo suite, which basically every night after everything's taken, said and done, and they should kick us out of the, uh, the train, train museum, we head back over to Super 8, and we all just sit around. Everybody chips in money for chips and beer and all the rest of that, and pretty much stays in that room until the light starts showing in, the sun comes up. People are there till 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning just talking and catching up on things. And we do that on the – although the Amigo Meet starts on Friday, there's a lot of people that show up on Thursday. And so we'll open up the Amigo Suite Thursday night, and then after the pizza dinner at the train museum on Friday, we're there. And then after the dinner we usually have at a restaurant called uh, Undo's, uh, we're there on Saturday night too. And usually that's uh, – how everybody ends the night, just decompresses, sit around, talks about things, pulls out figures, passes them around, discusses things. There's at least, what, seven or eight laptops and people are um, in there checking eBay and, you know, posting on Facebook and Twitter about what we're doing and all the rest of that stuff there. So um, the fun part of when you have a laptop on one side of the room who is talking to a laptop on the other side of the room that's, that's, like, we do this all year guys we don't need to have laptops you can actually talk to them you're in the same freaking room it's okay so um but no it's, it's a good time and it's, it's it's a nice way to decompress it's a nice way that you don't have to worry about it so far i think in the last six years we've only ever had one noise complaint which is amazing considering how loud we tend to get well um, yeah we had we had last year was this last year yeah, that was great. <laughs> toy, toy car races down the side of the Super 8's uh, driveway. There's there's a nice hill on the one side of the Super 8, and somebody brought two identical little plastic cars that were the perfect size to put Mego figures in. So everybody got their own standard Mego figure, and we had heat races. And uh, who was the one that walked away with the trophy this year? I think it was, I can't remember who it was, but... Uh, you had races until the final one won, and that person won the trophy. So it was pretty cool. I think I, think I might have. Year, was a lot of fun. I was actually a good boy uh, last year and, and tapped out pretty early on Friday night. So I don't know who won. But um, yeah, it, it's and it's hard to tap out. That's the problem is because you're yeah. in the room with all these people, and you don't want to leave, and you're looking down, and you got bags under your eyes the size of Cleveland, and you're absolutely exhausted. But you're like, oh, I'm getting a beer. I'm it's, fine. So. It's incredibly <laughs> addicting to. Everywhere you turn is somebody you talk to all year online, and you want to have a few minutes with them. And then that mm -hmm. few minutes turns into hours and then days, and, and you don't even yeah. notice it, which is the, the the awesome part of it. But, you know, I'm just – I always just kind of fall apart when I get home, you know? Yeah. So, I, I it's 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 almost like partying when you were in your twenties, but it's not quite as, as as it's just as taxing. But you didn't party quite as hard, you know. Well, we're a little bit older now, so it's about as taxing as we can possibly <laughs> handle. Which, 
which is very, very pathetic when you think about it. But oh, yeah. I'm still having a good time. That's all that matters. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, no, it's, it's terrific, and I look forward to this year's. Um, just trying to think if there's anything I've missed. Why well, do you cover pretty much about everything? Yeah. I mean, the, the other, the other, the other things that are pretty much staples: the uh, the pizza party and swap meet on Friday night, where everybody gets together. Yeah. Um, dinner at Haas's, uh the local steakhouse on Thursday night for the diehards that show up a day early. Um, everybody usually just meeting and and trying to say goodbye on Sunday mornings in the lobby and helping everybody pack up their cars and get ready to get on the road to to head out either to the airport or for for most of us like me driving back for the 6 to 12 hours back to wherever they live um you know it's, it, and it it is amazing how quickly it goes by you you spend all this time and all you know getting you know ready for it and looking forward to it and it seems like you pull in you step out of your car you take your bag out you put your bag back in the car you get in your car and you drive away it's like yeah. over in a heartbeat hmm. Um, but it's it's a great time. It really is. And it's uh, something I look forward to every year, just to being able to get up there and meet with all you guys again and just be able to kick back and, and be myself, which is nice. Well, I'm sorry I won't be able to be there this year, but um, I'm hoping actually... You, you loser! Well, I live in California, and I've... I've flown to oh. Pittsburgh and driven to Wheeling a couple times in my life, and um, just not going to happen wow. this year. Um, but I'm hoping, excuses, actually... Excuses. Yes, 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 yes. I'm hoping... Scott and, I, Scott and I have been in a Pittsburgh traffic jam together. It's awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. Um, but I'm hoping, actually, maybe, Brian, that we can try to, at some point during this Bacchanal, uh, organize a, a phone call and do a, a podcast for Migo Meet. Yeah, well, I'm going to be in attendance. I, I'm sadly not going to be there Saturday night because of a dance recital, not mine, obviously, but um, that I have to be on Sunday morning. But uh, I was hoping for Friday night, if I'm not too busy making dolls, that I could hook up the Skype and do something with uh, do Amigo Meet podcast. Yeah, I think we definitely. definitely I think that would be fantastic. That. Yeah, so um, I'm. I don't see any reason why I can't do it other than uh, the, the hotel Wi-Fi going down. But yeah. uh, we will work on that. Yeah. Um, as we're but as we're, we as we're about to wrap up, let's go ahead and give people the website information where they can register. Um, sure. And 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 what they need to do to come out to Migo Meet and uh, and all that good stuff. Well, the website where you can register and everything like that is Migo-Meet.com. M-E-G-O hyphen M-E-E-T dot com. Um, that will pretty much give you everything you need to know about Migo Meat. There's a history. There's um, it's it's we had to reboot the the website up this year due to some um, problems with registration. So we're in the process of trying to revamp it a little bit and get some more pictures up. So I know that 2005, all of the pictures and links to the 2005 are up. The other years are being built, rebuilt as we speak, and they'll be up pretty soon. But as far as the information for registration, there are links for registration, links on the Kruger Toy and Train Museum, links on the, uh, the, the, the list of activities that are going to be going on, the custom auction. There's information about wheeling itself, how to get there, closest um, airports, all the rest of that kind of stuff. So it's pretty much a one-stop shop if you want to figure out how to do it. Registration, if you just want to come as a, as a uh, participant, is $20. And that includes not only you, but that would be registration for anybody in your family as well. Your wife and all your kids, if you want to, it's just $20, one-time registration fee. Um, if you'd like a table, 
it's uh, an additional $12 per table. So if you sign up, there's a, a link for registration for participant, which is 20 registration for dealer, which is 32 You get participant and a $12 table. And then if you wanted more than one table, and there are some people that bring enough stuff, they need two or three tables, it's $12 for every additional table as well. Um, so extremely inexpensive. Um, Wheeling is a small town, not a lot of huge restaurant choices, but since most of us have lived most of our lives on fast food anyway, it's not that hard to find something to eat. Um, the uh, the hotel, Super 8 Motel, um, there is a discount. If you say that you're with me, go meet. You can see some information about that on the website. I think it runs about $66 a night, um, and that's for either a, a single king size or two double beds. So, and it's a nice, clean hotel and a, a nice place to go. It's a great value. Um, and yeah, it is. It really is. And uh, generally speaking, that's about it. Um, it's pretty much everything's on the website. You can find it very easily. And of course, if you have any questions, you can also go to the Migo Museum and you can PM me, Chris DVM. Um, there will also be my phone number on the website in case you want to call me directly if you have any questions. And there's a whole, uh, we've got a whole forum on the, uh, there's a whole board, message board for Amigo Meet at the Amigo Museum forum. Sure. So you, people are always there Absolutely. to give information. So Chris, thank you so much for joining us oh, today. No problem. I appreciate you guys having me on. So. Oh, absolutely. We're going to have you back and talk about some of the other crazy Migo stuff that you like to talk about. <laughs> so, um, well, that would be great, and I would look forward to talking to you about anything you want to. So. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I'll see you in June, Chris. Sounds good. You guys have a great day, and uh, hope to see you all at Migo Meet. All right. And that's our interview with Chris Johnson and uh, the Migo Meet special. I hope you enjoyed it, and I think you'll be looking forward to more podcasts with a third mic very soon. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be rounding up uh, a lot of the. Uh, we're going to be rounding up all the usual suspects and uh, talking to them here on the on the Migo Museum podcast. So until next time, this is Scott and this is Brian saying, "Collect them all." Collect them all. Migo.